Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. communion today so maybe right now is a good time to go to your kitchen and find something some bread some juice or uh, you know apple juice whatever you know hopefully you threw away that bottle of wine glory to God (laughs) hallelujah amen I just hold it for communion (laughs) amen you have your Bibles turn to the book of Luke the 12th chapter those of us who've been around for a while, you all remember a song that we used to sing uh, back in the day, Give Me Oil, Give Me Oil in My Lamp, Keep Me Burning, Give Me Oil in My Lamp, I Pray, Give Me Oil in My Lamp, Keep Me Burning, 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 Keep Me Burning Till the Break of Day, Amen. That was a, 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 an old classic, Amen. This morning, I want to speak on, uh, the title is Give Me Oil. Now, we're familiar with uh, the, the parable of, of uh, the ten bridesmaids. And in, in, in doing so, uh, the, the, the message behind that uh, chapter in Matthew 25, verses 1 through 4, it, he, he's talking about being prepared. We, knew, we know the story of the five wise uh, bridesmaids and the five unwise bridesmaids. Uh, bridesmaids and it reads this it says and when the end comes the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids they took their oil lamps and went to meet the groom five of them were foolish and five were wise the foolish bridesmaids took their lamps but they didn't take any extra oil and the wise bridesmaids however took along extra oil for their lamps in that chapter it's dealing with being prepared. How many have ever been caught unprepared? It's, it's, it's not a pleasant feeling. If you show up and they say, hey, guess what? You're going to do this today. And you feel unsettled in your, in, your, in your spirit. You feel like, you know, I'm not ready for this. Or, or you show up to school and they say, hey, guess what? We're going to have a test today. Well, I didn't study. I didn't prepare myself. Whereas the Old Testament was to prepare people for the coming of Jesus, the New Testament is to prepare the believers for the second coming of Jesus. So the word prepared is many times in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, John the Baptist was to prepare the way for Jesus. We know that he was a voice crying out in the wilderness and in Paul, in his letter to Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, he says, Be prepared in season and out of season. See, the passage that we're going to read today is going to dealing with being prepared. So in Luke chapter 12, it says this, verses 35 through 40. You got it? Say, I'm there. It says, Be dressed and ready for active service. And keep your lamps continually burning. Be like men who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast. So that when he comes and knocks, 
they may immediately open the door for him. Blessed, happy, and prosperous to be admired are those servants whom the master finds awake, say awake, and watching when he arrives. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, he will prepare himself to serve and will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. Whether he comes in the second watch and finds them so prepared and ready, blessed are those servants. But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what time the thief was coming, he would have been awake and alert, would not have allowed his house to be broken into. Verse 40, you too be continually ready because the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to minister your word, Father. Father, we pray for those who are watching on our live stream. Father God, that your word just goes through the airwaves, Father God. Lord, that you are preparing hearts this morning for salvation. And Father God, that you, Lord God, would minister to your people, Lord. Father, I step aside, ask that you take full control, Lord. I give you the honor, the glory, the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Prepared. Definition is qualified, readied, seasoned, and trained. See, this whole season and the theme of our, of our, our conference is staying the course. But in the process of staying the course, we're constantly checking ourselves. We're constantly uh, it, it just looking within, asking God to do the things in our life that we need to do and correct. It's part of preparation is that you are making yourself ready. See, in the church this day, I believe, is being prepared. And, and God is sending out a voice to the people of God to be ready because the signs are there. If you're looking and you follow Bible prophecy and you see what's taking place around the world, we know that we are there. And I know you say to yourself, you know what, they've been saying this for many, many years. I've been hearing this since the 80s, the 90s, and in the 2000s, and now we are in the 21st century, and now we see it. But I, I truly believe in my heart of hearts that this is the time that God's people need to stay awake need to be alert, need to be watchful, need to be doing something busy, doing what God has called you to do. I think we're beyond the point of just overlooking things in our life and saying, God, you'll take care of it one day. Well, God's telling you to take care of it today. God's telling you to address those things today. See, we're so good at putting things off for the next day. Oh, we'll handle it tomorrow. Oh, I'll do this in another time. Or you know what? Next time they preach that message, for sure, for sure, I'm going to make that altar call. God is looking for a people who are alert and awake today. Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Listen, if you've been here more than several times and you've yet to make that full decision to surrender your heart to God, you're running out of time. You're running out of time. I have seen people, met people who had the opportunity to give their hearts to Jesus only to pass a day or two later. God is merciful. God is gracious, but I tell you, there will be a moment when you don't have that opportunity. So here, the theme is to be ready. Be dressed 
and ready for service and keep your lamps burning. See, I truly feel that in the years I've been serving Christ, that we're getting closer and closer to his return. I'm watchful. I watch, I read, and I say, God, what is taking place here? I see people who have rejected God for so many years, struggled with addictions, turned their hearts over to God. And I've seen people who were on fire for God walk away. So that tells me, look, God, you know, we're, we're always mindset of, of, of heaven. Where we say, you know what, God, I, I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. There will be three surprises in heaven. Three surprises. You are going to see people there that you didn't expect to be there. We right now just thought of a person. We will expect people to be there who will not be there. You can't think of anybody. And the third surprise is that you will be there. Let that sink in for a little minute. See, we're not guaranteed heaven. We have an opportunity on a daily basis to choose to carry our cross. That this day, God, you know what? Let me glorify. I know we all have those moments, man, where we just say, you know what? We've had it. How many have ever had those moments where you had it with people? You had it with your coworkers, your kids, your neighbors. You, 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 there ain't no praise in your mouth, man. You're just, you're just angry, right? I've been there, but I can't stay there. I can't stay there. And I know we say, look, come as you are. But there ain't nothing in the Bible says to stay as you are. We got to constantly be moving towards, man, every day should be an opportunity for us to say, you know what, God, I want to be more like you. I want to love like you love. I want to I see how you see. I want to be your hands. I want to be your feet. I want you to use me, God, to glorify you. So it's crucial for the church today to keep our lamps burning and guess have extra oil. See, we've all been there burnt out. Where it's like, oh man, it's the day Thursday. Tell me it's not Thursday. You get to that. And then you, you know, how many ever woke up in the morning and you thought, or you fell asleep midday? And you thought you slept through the night and you woke up in a panic getting ready for work and you realize it's still Sunday. <laughs> See, the oil here in Luke represents the presence of God in your life. Fill me, God, with your presence. Fill me, God. We're constantly asking God and we're constantly seeking for God to fill us. In his presence. Verse 37 says, Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake and watching when he arrives. See, the reason the five wise bridesmaids were able to keep their lamps burning when the five foolish couldn't was the extra oil that they brought for themselves. See, you might be here and you're trying to live off of your spouse's oil. God does not have son-in-laws. 
doesn't have daughter-in-laws. Listen, if you're here, thank God you're here. But the perspective that I have is that you give your heart to Jesus. That you serve God because you love God. I've heard so many times, well, like, you know, I, I, I love to go to church with my wife because that's her thing. You know, I don't, I don't get involved. You know, I show up with her and, you know, it is good for her because when she's happy, I'm happy. But you don't have God for you. You're, you're living off of her oil. You're living off of the presence of God in her life. Listen, you, God wants a personal relationship with you. God wants to be a, the almighty God to you. God wants to show you his glory. God wants to show you how he's going to work miracles in your marriage. See, your spouse is the, the one who's carrying all the weight. God is looking for you to wake up and say, you know what, God, I need you in my life. I need you. I need to be I need to be a co-partner with my spouse. I need to fight the battle with her. I need to fight the battle with him. God is doing that work and he's allowing us to receive that. If you want it. See, that's the key. If you don't want it for yourself, there is nothing that nobody could do for you. If you don't want the healing, that is on you. I could want it for you so bad. But if you don't want it for yourself, it will never happen. It will never come to pass. Man, there's sometimes I say, God, just keep them, hold them. Because you see it in their eyes, man, that they're ready to jet. You see that? I remember when I was in nursing school, the very first day, man, it was over my head. I felt so out of place. And I was just waiting for them to, that bell to ring because I said, I'm going to get all my stuff and I'm not never coming back. Bell rings, everybody grabs their books, and then I, man, I was ready. And the doctor says, Tony, I need to speak to you. He says, you ain't coming back, are you? I said, well, I'm over my head, doc. He says, listen, take it a day at a time. These students are advanced. This is your first day. You'll get it. Just take a baby steps. Just take it a day at a time. Listen, if you're new in the Lord, God is telling you, just take it easy. Don't worry about what other people are doing or not doing. You worry about your salvation. You say, you know what, God, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet, but I'm not going to stay there. You see things in people. You say, you know what, God, I want to be, I want to have faith like that individual. I want to pray like that individual. I want to witness like that individual. Hey, they weren't born that way. They learned. They allowed God to develop them. They allowed God to do that work in their life. Maybe you're here and you say, you know what, man, me and my wife, me, we're, we're struggling. We're struggling, man. We wish we had a marriage like that couple or that couple. But guess what? That couple and that couple weren't there years back. God did that work. Man, sometimes when you sit around the table and you start talking to people, you start hearing their story. I said, man, you see this sweet little sister, and then when you find out she stabbed him? I tell you to myself, boy, I won the lotto with my wife. This one poisoned her husband. This one ran him over. I say, my God, these women of God, and they're so gracious in the house of God, lifting their hands with holy hands. But God does the work. That's the wonderful thing about God. God is constantly doing a work in people's lives. (laughs) 
So the, the five wise bridesmaids were prepared. They had the extra oil because they knew that the master was coming. See, in the Hebrew times, the groom, when he was preparing a place, and the bridesmaids were given the oil, the lamp. And when the bridegroom left, they didn't know how long he was going to be. Some scholars say that it took up to a year. Because he was going to go to prepare a place for them. Sounds familiar. He was going to go prepare a place for them. So that when he would come, it was most likely going to be in the evening hour. Because that's when weddings took place. So when they were waiting and waiting, the bridegroom's going to come. We need to be prepared. The five women were prepared. They kept the extra oil. But the five just said, you know what? Man, it's been a while. There's no sight of him. I wonder if he changed his mind. I wonder if he's having second thoughts. How we know that when Jesus comes, it'll be at an hour that does, he does not even know. So we need to be prepared. There are a few things that I jotted down that will help us. The first thing is adopt a heavenly mindset. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your minds on things above and not on things of the earth. See, from childbirth, we're constantly given the thought process. You know that where you grew up, you may have felt inadequate or you may have felt like you didn't have the resources that other people had. And so that we're limited. But what happens is that we take that into our adult lifehood. And we say, you know what, I can't do this because I don't have the proper education. I can't do this because I don't have the resources. I can't give because I can't afford to take away from my house funds. But all those are opportunities for God to get the glory. When you give, it's God who provides. It's God who is your source. When you step out in faith where some of you have been called to minister, and God says, look, put together a, a, a devotional. I'm not asking you to put together a five-point sermon on the, on the miracles of the tabernacle and all these over-the-head things. But God just says, look, put something simple together. And what you do is that when you step into that realm, you're saying, you know what, God? You direct me. You guide me. And then you know what? Sometimes you, somebody might make you feel like, oh, that's juvenile. That's, that's baby milk stuff. Start somewhere. Start somewhere. See, there's some people here that look, they're ready for, for carne asada, but there's still some here that are still on infamil. They haven't got past infamil. Add iron to it, boom, there you go. But see, God is constantly doing that work. So adopt a heavenly mindset. See, we can't allow our minds to be shaped by the present world. We can't allow it. See, in the world, we have the mindset that, you know what, it's me. Me and my, my family. Me, myself, and I. Selfish. We were selfish. I was selfish. But you know when God started saying, you know what? Reach out to this individual. Reach out to that person right there. Share with them. Share with them my love. Share with them how I transformed your life. See, oftentimes people don't want to say something because they feel that they don't have a testimony. 
was, ah, you know what, man, everyone gets up there, man, everybody was in prison, everybody was this, everybody was that. I, you know, the only yard I walked was my front yard. <laughs> I ain't got no testimony, I ain't did this. Now, I remember one time when we were youth, and we went out to a street rally, and we had this one brother, and he went up there, he says, I used to gang bang, low ride, smoke weed, deal drugs, this and all that, and afterwards, like, hey, brother, you really did? I goes, no, man, but I thought I had to say something. <laughs> See, look at <laughs> right? You hear people, they, they stretch out there, you know, you did, you did a weekend, weekend in the city jail, yeah, when I was doing time, you know. You did three days, and you already got a tattoo on your neck and everything. But see, people, God, look at your testimony is not who you were. Your testimony is who you are. Your testimony is who you are in Jesus, who you are in Jesus. See, if we don't guard our minds, the enemy will infiltrate it and fill our minds with nonsense, with doubt, with worrying, anxiety. When we start to focus on all the things that are around us, we take our eyes off of Jesus and say, you know what, God, how are we going to do this? There's a toilet paper shortage that's coming out. CNN said it, so it's got to be real. There's this. There's a shortage of water. I remember me and my wife, we went to, to Sam's Club. And this one lady pulled up with one of the, you know, those carts. And she started loading water. So people started watching this. And then you see the panic in their eyes. So they started loading water. And then it, it was like, do we get water too? What do we do? And said, look, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I don't know about you, but I grew up on a water hose. Water was good. <laughs> now we want all that stuff that is filtered through the alpines and all this stuff. That you pay more for the bottle than you do everything else anyway. Number two, focus your thoughts on the right things. Focus your thoughts on the right things. Paul writes to the Philippians in chapter 4, verse 8. Go ahead and put it up there for me. It says, meditation on these things. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good of a good report. If there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. True, honest, just, pure, lovely, admirable virtuous and worthy of praise. These are the things that we need to focus on. See, we get so much thrown at us, and we can't allow it to stick to us. You could get thoughts going through your head. Just don't let them build a nest. Let them fly over. Rebuke it. Say, you know what, devil? I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to worry about that. I know that what that test result says, and I know what this report says, but I'm going to take it to God. I'm going to say, God, you have the final word. You have the final say-so in this situation. God, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to trust in you. See, if something doesn't fit any of these categories, these should not be allowed in our thought life. In our thought life. How many have ever thought of something and you tell yourself, no, 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 and then it happens. You go, man, I shouldn't have thought of that. I shouldn't have said it. Sometimes we speak it and it comes to pass. How many know that the enemy is listening to you? The enemy is listening to you. You say, you know what? Man, I know I ain't going to pass that driving test. 
I know I ain't going to pass it. And then you get there and you're nervous and you're doing all kinds of fidgeting around. And that guy's there with the clipboard just watching you. And you, man, you take off and you take cut in front of an ambulance and he just tells you, pull around. (laughs) That lying devil. No, that devil got you all jittery, got you all nervous. And you just didn't have the mindset. You weren't prepared for what was to take place. This is where you just need to go, t- make the, take the day, start your day, I mean. Start your day in the presence of God. Where you say, God, man, I'm gonna, I, I don't know what it's going to be like tomorrow at work. But I pray, dear God, that you just let there be a settled spirit there. Let there be peace. Let, when I walk into the, the atmosphere, I'm bringing shalom. I'm bringing peace, God. You go before me. You set the atmosphere. I just want to see your hand move. See, we go there because everybody says, man, oh, it's Monday. It's Monday. And we know that because we hear it over and over again. We're constantly told, oh, man, you know what? Hey, yeah, mijo, I'm sorry we would love to do it, man, but we're, we're like six generations of this. And, you know, it, it, that's nice that you could think beyond that. And, and that's good to have good dreams. And I say this. Don't tell your big dreams to small-minded people. Don't do it. Let you be the one. Let you be the one. You'll be the first doctor in your family. You'll be the first lawyer. You'll be the first preacher, the first pastor. You'll be the first one whose marriage is successful in the things of God. You'll be that one. Let you be the example that people pattern their life after. If you pattern your life after God, they will follow. And they will follow you. The world is constantly looking for focal points, looking for people who they could say, you know what, that individual, the person that knows that you are a true believer of God is that they're the, you're the first one they contact when they need prayer. You are that first one. You are that one that they reach out to when they're going through something in their life. They're not going to that one sister comadre that has a mouth and posts all your nonsense on Facebook. Oh, we need to pray for sister so-and-so. She's going through this, this, and this. Boom. Right there. We need to set the example and say, you know what? I'm going to reach out to godly people. Who you surround yourself with is important. People of God. God-worthy people say, you know what? People whose life glorifies God. Third thing is guarding your heart. Guarding your heart. How do you keep your lamp filled with oil? Guarding your heart. In Proverbs 4.23, above all, be careful what you think because your thoughts control your life. If you're feeling that dryness, that emptiness, it's because you have no presence of God in your life. You just come because it's good, it's nice, it's pleasant. You have friends here. But you don't feel that excitement. See, it's not up to the worship team to get you excited for God. They're there. They're glorifying God. If it's in you, it's going to come out of you. If, it, if you're excited on the inside, if you're, if you're thankful for what God has done in your life and what God is doing in your marriage and in your children's lives, it's going to come out of you. You can't contain it. See, I, one of the things that I used to love to do at a football game I would buy the flag of the other team. And when our team was not doing so good, 
I would stand in my seat and I would set that flag on fire and I would fire up the whole crowd and they get all excited and everything. My wife asked me, why do you got all these burnt flags in the garage? I said, because that's how I would get the, the team, the, 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 the fans, they would get all like fired up and our team started doing all these things. If you don't have it in you already, ain't nobody's job to get you excited for Jesus. You got to have that oil inside of you and it needs to come out and you're going to be a burning flame. So the biblical term of the heart is the center of the will, the thoughts, the feelings and your desires. That expression means that we need to protect our minds from worldly things, exposing ourselves to ungodly things that fuel our temptations. Listen, if you know that trips you up, don't go there. Don't go there. If you know that you struggle with addictions, don't hang around with the people who you know are in those addictions. You don't need to go to the favorite liquor store to get a Red Bull. Go to the market to go get a Red Bull. We know David, King David. Mighty man of God. But he didn't guard his heart one day. And I don't believe it was just that one day. Bible says in the Old Testament in Samuel, which is where at a time where kings were supposed to be at war, David stood back. Midday, the Bible says, he gets up, throws on his chanclas, his robe, goes to the roof. He sees Bathsheba, and he desired her, asked about her, hey, find out if she's got anybody, man. Tell her to come up to my penthouse. <laughs> we know the story. When you're where you're not supposed to be, you end up seeing what you're not supposed to see. And you end up doing what you're not supposed to do. We're beyond that. We know where we need to be. You need to be... Filling your cup, filling your lamp. God, the way we do that is, is that we're involved. We say, you know what, God, everything that you have, I want to be involved in it. I want to be at the prayer meeting. I want to be at the outreach. I want to be at the, the function. See, when we start separating ourselves and we say, oh, that's not my crowd. The devil loves that for the simple fact that you're alone. And when you look at any animal of prey, they always seek out the one that is separate from the pack. They watched him. And when that opportunity comes, boom. And the enemy's looking for you to say, you know what, I, that's not my thing. You know what, I don't mind going to service. I don't mind doing this and that. But you know what, I, I really don't want to be that involved. I really don't want to be that committed. I don't really want to be that on fire. I'm okay with just being in the lamp. I ain't got nothing in the lamp, but I'm okay just being the lamp. If you ain't got nothing in the lamp, you're just the lamp. That's it. You got nothing inside of you, nothing that will shine, nothing that will give glory to God. So let go, the, guard your heart. The fourth thing, and this is the last one, is let go of your old self. See, that's the one part that holds us back a lot. Because sometimes we just want to hold on to a little bit of that. We all like the, having that little bit of crazy. Little bit, well, don't test me. 
don't test. Boy, I'm saved, but you know what? I'll repent after I smack you up. <laughs> Turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22. Verse 22, have it say, I'm there. Okay, two of you, follow us. You were taught, say, you were taught. With regard to your former way of life, to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. 23, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. See, Paul tells us to put off the old self, our old sinful nature. God delivered us from that old sinful nature. And he says to put on the new self, the new creation in God. That is a process. Look, man, you don't get saved today and tomorrow, man, you, you know, you're waking up. You might. I know people who, man, they felt the hand of God. No, with me, it was a process. Because as I started to hear the word of God, I started to say, okay, God, God, that, you, don't, you don't get glory for when I do that, when I say that or act that way. And I had an opportunity to say, you know what, God, take that from me. And the great thing is, is that everything that you give to God, he gives you better. Everything. You give God your anger and he gives you his humility. You give him anything and he always returns back to you even better. See, our hearts were made to be alive and on fire for God. Alive and on fire for God. We are meant to passionately pursue Him with all our hearts, minds, and souls. Lamps that were filled. I brought my little lamp here today. No, it's not a genie of the lamp. No wishes for anybody. <laughs> but the thing is, is that when they would fill the oil, the lamp with the oil, it had to be the purest of oil. Extra, extra virgin oil. The process is, is you need to first strip the flesh. In order for God to do that work in your life, the flesh needs to be stripped. God needs to take off the old self, the old ways. The old way of thinking, the old way of acting brings no glory to God. And what you end up with is impure oil. When you were to fill this lamp, our chapter in Luke says to bring some extra oil. You always have to have a reservoir where you say, you know what, God, I can't rely on this. And see, when the priests would go into the tabernacles, they would constantly filling the lamp twice a day, morning and night. And they would bring the oil of their reservoir, of their, of their reserve, and they would fill it, constantly fill it. See, as we go through life, what happens is that we're getting drained. And what they would do is that they would remove the tip of the wick is burnt. They would remove it because when you would remove it, it would be able to saturate the oil. See, if I was to light it with it, the wick that untrimmed, it would start to smoke. It would start to smell. And that what, that's what happens is that when we try to live for God and our lamps are empty and our wicks are not trimmed, we're not trimming away the things in our life that need to be trimmed. And we're not bringing glory to God. We're, smell, we're smelling, we're smoking, and we're just a cloud of nothingness. 
where God says, fill your lamp. And that way you could burn. See, the wick represents your testimony. You shine brighter when you are saturated with the things of God. You shine brighter when the things are removed in your life that need to be removed. See, we're living in a time where we don't have much time to play. There's some of you here have yet to make the decision to follow God. Oh, as I get closer, I'll make that decision. I've had people ask me, when I'm getting ready to die, could you lead me to the Lord? I don't know if you have that opportunity. Some people never wake up. Had we known, we would do things. One pastor asked his congregation, he said, if you knew that the Lord was coming tomorrow, what would you do today? And of course, oh, get right with God, do all these things. He says, we don't know if today's our last day. We just don't know. We don't have the time or the to waste. And if you've been listening to all the messages that our pastors have been ministering, our ministers here on keeping our life in order, seeking after God, seek the momentum. All these messages, I feel that God is doing a work in the church where he's trying to bring us to a place where we say, you know what, Lord? I'm done. I'm done. I'm through playing games. I'm through playing church. I'm through doing all the things that I know that don't benefit me. But I want to be right with you. See, Luke 12 35, be dressed and ready for service and keep your lamps burning. See, I believe that there are many believers here today, those some who are watching us, who need to let our high priest, Jesus Christ, trim away our old lifestyle, our old way of thinking. The end of that chapter reads this. It says, whether he comes in the second watch or even in the third and finds them so prepared and ready, blessed, blessed. One interpretation says, happy are those servants. But be sure of this, that if you, he, if the head of the house had known what time the thief was coming, he would have been awake and alert. That's just it. We don't know. Bible says that Jesus doesn't even know his hour of coming. So I believe that we're in a time and we have an opportunity today to say, you know what, God, I want to make it right. I want us all to stand here this morning. And I want us to examine ourselves. I want us to search our hearts. And see, the thing is, is you can fool Man, but we will never, ever, ever fool God. Ever. God knows your heart. God knows your thoughts. God knows your motives. And I, I truly feel that this morning that there are many of us here, myself included, where I have to say, you know what, God? 
I need to burn for you. I need your presence in my life. I need more of you. I need more of you. I need to have a, a, a extras. I need to have a reservoir. I need to be ready and alert and waiting for you. Gone are those days where we say, you know what? Tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Isaiah 55, 6, 8 reads, it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. Jesus is coming soon. As heads are bowed, eyes are closed, I'm going to reach out to those of you who are watching us on the live stream. Listen, if you have been given this link this morning, I know that there are some people who have watched us. Maybe you're watching us for the first time. And you're saying, Anthony, I don't know Jesus. I don't know the Lord. And I want to make that decision today. I do see some of the nonsense that's going around the world. I do see some of these things that are taking place. And I want to be ready. I want to be ready for when Jesus comes that I get called up. If that's you here this morning and you're watching us and you say, Anthony, I want to give my life to Jesus, just raise your hand. Send us a link. Just let us know that you're hearing us today and that you're going to say a prayer. But maybe you're here this morning in this sanctuary and you say, Anthony, I don't know Jesus. Anthony, I'm stepped away. Anthony, I'm backslidden in my heart. I'm here. I'm here with my spouse. I'm here with my friends, my mom, my dad, whoever you are. God knows the condition of your heart. If that's you here this morning, you're back to the in heart maybe. Maybe I just want to just reach out to you and say, you know what? This is the hour. This is the moment where you need to make it right with God. Step out of your seat. Step out of your seat and make your way up here. We're going to say a prayer. I don't care if you've been here five months, five years, 15 years. You know what you need to take care of. And God is waiting for you to make that decision. He's not going to force you. He's not going to push you. He's waiting for you to say, God, I need more.